Welcome to this episode of Bob Cooney's VR Deep Dive Podcast. In this series, Bob connects you with some of the leading innovators and thinkers in location-based VR. Hey, everybody. It is Bob Cooney, and I am here today with my good friend, Philip, from VR Nerds in... Where the fuck are you from? We're in Germany. I keep getting it wrong. Are you Hamburg, from Hamburg. Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany. Hamburg. Second biggest, but best city in Germany. Is next to Berlin? Next to all the people in Munich watching are going to be pissed now, right? Absolutely. So, um, is that where they invented the hamburger? That's a, well. That's what is the legendary story says. Yes. Okay. Well, I am a hamburger since I'm from Hamburg. You are a hamburger. Yeah, all right. We'll pour some ketchup. Pour some yeah. ketchup on me. And we're both gathered for the VR Arcade Conference, which was actually kind enough to give us a room that we're not using because I thought it would be a little too loud, but really good event this year. It's hosted at the Microsoft Reactor, kind of a combination. Last year, Microsoft did a um, VR, their first kind of location-based VR conference in May, and then they combined with Jeremy Lamb's VR Arcade Conference, which I think this is like the fifth year they've... I mean, it's the fourth? Fourth year they've yeah. done it. I've attended every one so far. Yeah, me too. I me think too, I might have missed one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, and Philip was nice enough to join us live in the same room. Thanks so, for thanks, having me. Thanks for coming. And so let's start with, should we just start with a video? Yeah, think? let's or go ahead. Let's just start. I've got a video of what Tower Tag is. So here we go. This is a quick video. So I first found Tag at YARLA. That's right. Almost two years ago now. No, one year. No. no there's no way. Two ways. No, it's two it years ago June. at this event, Jeremy Lamb's VR AK World event okay. and Mount View. Okay. That's our first showing. Back then I had prototype with me, very poor showing. It was a little show, so it was not a professional show. So everyone crammed in a little place or had, or people had tracking issues because, yeah. you know, you can't do that with so many people. And I brought a version of Tautech. That's when we tried first. And in LA last year, that's when we released it in May 2nd okay. at VR LA. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Right. Cool. And it just seems like that was like really two years ago. So <laughs> exactly. it's been um, a ride, though. Yeah. And when I did it, when I played it, like that first impression to me was these guys actually know how to design a competitive VR game. And right. when I started chatting to, and I don't know how many of you guys know my background, but I started in the laser tag business, one of the first laser tag companies. And so like, you know, laser tag, I'm actually got pretty good at it. I played, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of games and have now played a lot of VR. And so I got into this and immediately felt really comfortable in it and picked up the mechanics really quickly. I was playing with my friend Andre Lawless and I right. think I, I beat him like 10 to one or something yeah, in a really short game. Gave him a beat him. He didn't beat him. have much fun, which is one of the problems with competitive player versus player. We'll talk about yeah. that. How do you deal with that? But I immediately knew that these people, whoever designed this game, 
had played some laser tag. And then we started chatting and, and share everybody your background, how you... <laughs> it's the other way around for us. Like when you played it first, then after you got the HMD off your face, I said, well, you played a car around some laser tag. And yeah. I can tell. <laughs> and that's the, that's the way we designed the game for that specific purpose that is kind of substitute the laser tag 2.0 of nowadays, right? And I have an extended background in the same industry. I've been a professional paintball player for 10 plus years. And I worked in the paintball and laser tech industry for that said 10 plus years yeah. before we started VR Nerds, before we started our VR, you know, adventure. So yeah, we took amazing uh, game design from my co-founder Nico. He had some crazy ideas about this game mechanics. And then this idea of bringing laser tech and paintball mechanics and feeling into VR. Yeah. Saving space, having a smaller footprint, etc. And then, yeah, laser, uh, Tower Tech was born. Yeah. So one of the things that I really loved about tower tag was the locomotion and we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff we're going to talk about vr and esports and competitive and we're going to talk about being an entrepreneur and some of the challenges that come with that oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. so this one we're going to go pretty deep but like one of the things i really loved about tower tag was the locomotion yeah. was one of the challenges in vr is how do you move from place to place and and people are using this teleportation thing to go from platform to platform in different means and similar games and Teleportation works because it eliminates the motion sickness for most people, right. but it's super counterintuitive and it doesn't feel natural. That's and, right. And so what you guys did, which I love, is you created this, this super intuitive, you shoot a, like the golden lasso from Wonder Woman. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like a golden lasso. You're right. And, and then, then you pull yourself, yourself. Yeah. across to the next platform. Right. And that motion of shooting and then pulling your just tricks your brain and then you move to the next platform. And so it creates a, a physicality that I love. It creates an immersion that's really, really deep and there's no motion sickness at all. And you guys know, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in building experiences that don't yes. make you want to puke. So the top challenge was how can we avoid me personally to get motion sick? Because if I don't get it, no one gets that's it. That's how I feel. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm that sensitive. Yeah. And when we wanted to do a paintball slash laser tech sort of game, a competitive game like that, that was the main challenge. And we thought it needs to be free roaming. That's five years back. So we couldn't do it. We couldn't get it done because technology-wise and gameplay-wise, it just didn't make sense to us. Yeah. Right? And it just took a while until, you know, my other co-founders, engineer and designer both played around with some ideas. And then all of a sudden said, well, what do you think about this lasso? We tried it and it worked. And then obviously, I needed a little more trickery to get it done the proper way. But once we got it done, everyone was amazed and said, well, I... No, no one got motion sickness ever. Yeah. Not a single person that we know of. All the thousands of players. And um, yeah. Literally, it was just something that one of your designers stumbled upon. And, yeah. And While testing through different things, that's just the thing that stuck with us and, yeah. and did the, the best job. Yeah. And now, the other thing that I noticed about the game right away was the spectation mode was really good. You guys put were one of the first, I think, to understand yeah. how important spectator mode was to creating the context for players watching the game and you guys have all heard me talk about how converting spectators to ticket buyers is one of the biggest challenges in vr what was your thinking behind it also what we all know even though we love vr and we love playing vr and we love you know bringing new people into vr we when you do it you kind of look off right you have the thing on you do something no one actually knows what to do and well i heard people say they don't want to do it in public because they want to look stupid in front of other people so that's why we thought we definitely need something that looks cool, mm. that makes you look badass instead of stupid, right? This isn't done. We needed a spectator mode that, you know, makes you look cool and 
makes everyone else understand what you're actually doing. Yeah. And not just like, doing a pantomimic movement and without contact. So that's really interesting because that's not something I've heard before, which is that <clears throat> for you, your origin of the spectator mode partly was because of people's feeling yeah. of awkwardness in playing Absolutely. the game, which we're still hearing now. And, and I think that I know one of the one of the operators of minority media's Chaos Jump recently just put Mark Weiss, I think it was, put a curtain around the yep. four player trust system. And he put like these automated curtain thing. You push a button when the game starts and the curtains close. It's really theatrical and dramatic. And, and his revenue went up and it was really, really interesting. And so it's fascinating that that's still, in, and I think Sebastian just chimed in. He's having the same thing. That's why they're using some private rooms because people don't want to oh, yeah. feel exactly. awkward. No, so that's exactly what they do. And yeah. I mean, with us, with PowerTech, you know, with the gun holster that we use and the spectator modes, and people have context yep. in what you're doing. Yep. They can see whether you're winning or losing or yep. badass or not. So in that case, we have some partners that put Tech in the uh, front window or something of that. Of really? the shop yeah, because yeah. We purposely make people that play Tech look badass, but you have to do it. You know, Is that your tagline? Play Tag, look badass? It kind of. It, could, it yeah, could be. Definitely. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is kind of badass. <laughs> yeah. It looks cooler than other VR games. Yeah. The motion that you do, you know, having a gun here and dodging, shooting back. It looks, look and ducking. Yeah. It definitely looks cooler than other games. So yeah, I'm going to run another video, which I know isn't your favorite. It's an older one. But <laughs> just to give people, because I think you've got some people are asking about spectator mode. And I want to, I mean, maybe, maybe do a little bit of narrative over this one, too. Absolutely. Um, so that's the video where you can actually get the context about what you do in real life. And I want to talk about the towers, too. And, and, and that half element. Each of the each of the um, each of the platforms that you teleport to have the tower literally for hiding, right? And when you build the tower in it, you don't have to have it. You have that idea. I think you have that idea. So that's the main here's the teleportation we're talking about. You have to pull yourself from one to another. So you see the rope shoot over and, and, uh, and you don't really get that sweaty, by the way. That's just what he did. It was a hot summer. <laughs> and yeah, he didn't actually play, right? Obviously. Yeah. There was no, nothing on the screen, black screen. I wasn't even powered. He was just, <laughs> just doing the motions <laughs> that he wanted to show in the game all over. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so let's talk about the structure, too, because I've been egging you on or encouraging you maybe as a better to yeah. come up with a turnkey version of this. So right now, the way you get Tower Tag is you license. What's it, talk about the license. Right, yeah. What is it? So the easiest way to get it is just online, right? You get a license. You can download the game. You install it. You get a license key. You put it in your game. You're done, right? Yep. And the next upgrade is you get the gun holsters that we, modify, that we get them from our manufacturer. Yeah. When you say gun holsters, what does that mean? And that means you. Uh, it's a gun sleeve, so it's not a replacement for your controller, but you take the uh, original HD Vive controller and you put it in name. the gun sleeve and gotcha. we modified it to suit our game. Yep. It's shorter than the original version, so you can um, one-hand holding yep. gun, right? That's the first level of immersion after the game itself. And then after that, if you want more, you can put the tower in it. Okay. Now, right now, what's the licensing model? So what's it cost? Yeah. How do you do it? We do um, annual licenses only at the moment. We have a pack of six licenses for six booths, which is, I believe, 9,600 Per year. US per year. Okay. And it's max three on three. It's three on three. Right. You, Which is where you would go. You can get single license, get, obviously, for about 1800 yeah. each. Yeah. But why so would you? Why would you? You wouldn't do one. That would be bad. Well, I mean, you could. 
We <laughs> just <laughs> zapping around. Well, we just, we just, I don't want to advertise, but we just yeah. added bots to it. And they're pretty okay. good. Really? I mean, they're probably right. better than you are. All right. <laughs> You're very good. Wow. You're very good. Wow. All right. So, I feel a challenge. Yeah. And then you could potentially, I mean, one of our best random venues is in New York, VR World. Hi, Tommy. They run Tautech back to back from you know, open doors to the late night. Yep. And they only have two booths. Yeah. But if they wanted to, they could add bots into the game so people don't only play 1v1, but they have like a. So you, could you play co op two against bots? Or, and, or you, you know, add play one and one plus bots? Both ways. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. And I think that one of the challenges for arcades, and by the way, Tommy Goodwin's going to be on this webinar in a few weeks. So. And they run VR World in New York, which is one of the biggest and longest running VR case, certainly yeah. in America, um, yeah, if not the world. Yeah. And so that's going to be a really interesting one. But one of the challenges, one of the things I hear back from VR arcade owners is they don't want to dedicate, they don't want to pay an annual license yes. because they don't want to dedicate a booth to a game and they feel committed like they have to. If they're paying, you know, $2,000 a year or whatever, yeah. that they have to dedicate that whole, like... I can do the math in my head, but do you have like the math around that yes. and why that's just not, so, that's a false narrative? Well, we, yeah, Because it feels like a false narrative to me. Obviously, we have all different sorts of clients or partners. We call them partners when they dedicate the space and we try to advise all our clients to do that. And because you do double, triple, quadruple times the revenue when you do so, right? Yeah. And I'm not advocating, like I'm not devil's advocate speaking against all systems that offer different content, but I'm just telling you, if you dedicate some space to a specific content, when it's good content, it's easier to market for yeah, yourself. It's yep. easier to advertise. People come in, they see people playing it all the time, so they want to play it. They and know that's where, what, yeah, they know what they're coming for, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's what we do. So I can tell you, everyone is doing much better when they dedicate booths to Tower Tech. Yep. And then we have standalone locations too, yeah. like about a half a dozen worldwide, and they do best yeah. because they just market it not as a VRK, but as in like, you know, so, so it's just tower tag on the, on, yes. the, on the door yes. and you come in, you're playing tower tag. So let's talk about that a lot. So you said, how many of those are there? And Well, when the next one opens, it must be half a dozen, like okay. five or six. No. Yeah. And what are your learnings from that? Like how many, do they do six? Do they do 12? Do they do more? Yeah, four minimum. Okay. Four is the minimum. Everyone, I, I believe the last one I have four just closed. I went to a bigger one so they can have six. Oh no, I believe eight. Okay. And I think that's the one in Israel. Oh, Tel- Israel. Tel- Tel- I thought you said Australia. Australia. Tel- 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 Someone is starting something very soon in Australia to okay. also dedicated booth space. Yep. He's doing a little bit of room, free roam, yep. and also tower type. Okay, cool. Also, smart decision. He doesn't have plenty of content. That's not the guy I introduce you to, is it? No. Yeah. I will introduce you. <laughs> All right, cool. We can talk a little bit about Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, the more you dedicate the booth to, you can dedicate your marketing specifically to that what the content that you're running at and the better your business is going. Yeah. And do you have numbers? Like, can you share some average numbers of what the different modes tend to generate? I mean, it's a huge gap, right? Yeah. The smallest, like the worst running business is doing between 500 and 1000 euros a month with the product. Yeah. That barely gives him a ROI at right. all within a year. Yeah. But he's running it within 120 other titles. Right. So you springboard with all the titles, yeah. not created. And then just threw a tower tech in the mix. And, and is Tower Tag in Springboard or is it? Well, that's a start button. It's not integrated yet. Yeah. Um, we're working on that, but um, just to make it easier to handle, not, yeah. not actually working right. it through Springboard, just, just operating for managing it. it. Yeah. yeah. And then the best running location that we have that is specifically, you know, purposely opened for Tower Tag, they yeah. do about 3,200 US every day. Okay. And that's Tower Tag only. 
Yeah. So you see, it's a huge gap between yeah. thousands there's, of money. But, there, but there's a lot of variables between, yeah. you know, between that. It's not just the fact that they're dedicating a booth. Like there's a million variables, location, marketing budget, Obviously. staffing operations, et cetera, yes. et cetera, et cetera. So those are the outliers, but what's the averages? Like, do you know, like- I believe all, we, we opened just to check on how operational really works and to prove a point, we opened a venue ourselves. And the bottom story of our new office building. Yep. We've been running it since last month, and we projected to do 10 grand this month out of $120 marketing budget in Facebook. And that's a six player? Six player, three, three. 10 grand a month. Yeah. It is um, freestanding. We have, okay. yeah. yeah. Exactly. Wow. It's Taltec only at the yeah. moment. We have um, Workout Wednesday. That's a cheap day where you can play for, I think it's like 15 euros or something for yeah. half an hour. So let's bring in the people. And we spend 100, 120 euros on like slightly yeah. pushing it on Facebook. That's it. And what's the consumer pricing model? What are people charging to play <clears throat> Tower Tag? How long is the game? Yeah. So we advise people on trying to charge a good player. Okay. Um, How long are the games? Well, you choose, right? If it's seven okay. minutes, it's seven dollars. Okay. So the operator can set because it's just a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? you can go between um, two and I think we shortened it down to 15 minutes. It used to be between two and 20 minutes, but 20 minutes is way too long. Yep. Some people ran 20 minute games and we don't like that too much yeah, 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 yeah. because then It'd the be entrance email will be exhausted and yep. it will fall down at us. So yep. we said, let's set it between two yeah, and Yeah, it feels 10. like seven to 10 minutes. Is seven is right? very good. Yeah. I mean, after seven minutes, we'll be exhausted a little bit. You take two minutes off, play another round, take two minutes off, play another round. You're done with your half an hour and yep. play, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so, buck a minute in. How much have you seen somebody get away with charging? And because you know, I'm I'm all about raising prices. So yeah, that was what we had. Really, two dollars a minute. So you've seen two dollars a minute. Yes. What kind of location was that in? Dedicated booth space in a mall. Okay. Yeah. In what country? Can you say? United States. Okay. Yeah. We love big cities. <laughs> Just so to say, I wouldn't say that it is working the best in big cities. Through all our uh, partners that are located in big cities or in countryside. Yep. It is pretty, it's averaging like the same everywhere. What's the longest running location you have? And what are you seeing as far as like revenue trends over time? Are they, because this is something that, you know, there's a bit of a narrative going around. It's like, oh, you open up, you open big, and then, you know, the business peaks and, and doesn't yeah. grow. And one of the things that I'm seeing is in really good experiences that drive high virality is this constant growth over time. What do you see in the So I will give you two examples. One is fellow Germans, they started, I believe they were the, our very first partners to open. Um, the arcade lounge, they used to have a single location with, I believe, four seats. And then they opened two other stores last year. Like since they started with yep. they had a pre-sales going on before we publicly you know, launched a game. They joined back then and they opened two more stores after that. And obviously, they added the tower tech to every venue, right? Yep. So that's going good. That's the longest running, I believe. And then I have another example from our longest running outside of Germany, which must be Joypolis in Tokyo. Yep. And ever since they started it, they started with two sets of four from the get-go. Last time I checked is two months ago. It's a very slow Saturday. Not too much going on in amusement park, but tower tech had a one-hour queue. And uh, was, you know, from opening to closing, it was 100% capacity for one year now. Yeah. That's the end of part one of this interview. Please join us for parts two and three shortly.